Hold, hold it. Listen. How y'all doing, everybody? This is uh, Kali, and this is my podcast, The Bakery. This is gonna be um, this is gonna be my first podcast, and this is gonna be episode zero. This is really a test run, and it's really for you to get an understanding of the host, which is me, and the things I'm gonna be talking about on this show, and all those different type of subjects. My goal for this podcast is to just share my experiences on life and to talk to different people and have different people along every other week or so forth because what you're going to learn about me from from listening to this podcast is that I know a whole lot of crazy people and I know a whole lot of unique people and I want to share some of them people with the world and let them speak, let them have a voice and let them know, see other avenues of expressing themselves. So... But this episode right here is going to be episode zero, and I was going to be talking about me and my experiences so far since I don't have no guests right now. So what I want to talk about is that um, my earlier adult years and some of the things I believe in, well, really all the things I believe in, and um, I just want to go from there, let everything move naturally. Everything's unscripted, of course, right now, so... Just go, let's let me, just bear with me on getting the kinks and the speaking and all of other different things out the way. And uh, I hope everybody enjoying stuff. I'm going to share this on Facebook and I'm going to start with Spotify because that's the only thing I have right now as far as streaming wise. But I know eventually I'm going to move on to Apple and Pandora and whatever else they got out there. Probably put some stuff on YouTube. So my name's, my nickname is Carly. I made that name up myself a long time ago, and it just stuck, you know, kind of like Bruce Lee. So I said, shit, Carly, fuck, <laughs> what they talk about. But my real name is Carl Anderson. I am 30 years old. I live in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, I have a house. Well, I'm renting a house. I stay alone. I have two dogs. One name is Mercury, but he answers to Steve Merkel. And another dog named Ghost, but he only answers to head and neck. And you probably can hear them in the background. They with me now. They go everywhere I go. I um I work at FedEx at night. I own a little business called Lee's Custom LED and Designs. I do that day, night, evening, anytime I can. I do custom lighting and all this stuff on vehicles, boats, houses, trailers, anything you can name, I can do it. I, um my birthday is in January, and I'm not really a big birthday person, but, you know, when people want to do something, that's fine with them. That's fine with me. Hell. Um, what else about me? I'm kind of quiet. I'm a quiet person, but everybody tends to think that I'm mean because I have a certain type of face. But once somebody speaks to me, they learn that, oh, this man, this is the nicest guy ever. <laughs> and, um... I grew up in White, the Whitehaven area of Memphis, and it was a test. It was a test growing up out there and everything. But um, I have three cars, only two running at the moment. And none of this stuff is like a flex or nothing like that. It's just, this is, I'm just talking about me and stuff. I like computering. I like doing some slight gaming. Now, nowadays, and um, 
I usually watch shows and stuff. But most of the time I work on my business and I just work on different things to do. I'm not a big I'm not a big money hungry person. I don't too much care for money, but I know that it's something necessary that you need to live and, you know, pay your bills and to feed yourself. But as for being greed and all this stuff, that's not me. I just I never cared for it and I'm never I never just pursuit was in a pursuit and deep for the love of money like that as for women i'm currently single not looking for nobody not and when i say not looking for nobody i'm talking about not looking for a sneaky link not looking for somebody to talk to not looking for nothing just not i'm just not looking right now and um we're gonna get into reasons for that later on and down the line and stuff like that i believe in god course i believe in god and his son jesus christ and i study the bible as much as i can in these days and let anybody tell it if anybody know me that knows me i can get into that bible and i can show you some stuff and i've been like this since i was probably about 24 25 i've been on it and i just it stuck with me and it's something i like to do for myself so you can hear them dogs in the background now they just Skating on ice back there. Um, so what I like I said, what I want to get into was my earlier years, my early adult years, and something I say, something I say led to a turning point in my life, which was which was me, the turning point of my life, which was when everything seemed to go downhill for me. Not not necessarily downhill as my life is ruined, but when my life went from all I could do was go up, and then it went to, okay, now I'm on steady ground, slash a little bit falling or a little bit steeping, going down a slope. When I was 18, I first, the first time I worked at FedEx, I was 18 years old. And I worked there, I used to walk to work. It was probably about a few miles from work, but I was young, I was 18 years old. And I was built like, <laughs> I was built like a, I'm still built like that now, but I can't even name a person cause I don't know nobody, but I was built like a younger Jackie Chan. If you know any of his movies, like, I was built like that. I was like muscular, like just built like they walk. It was a it was a lot of miles, but that walk was nothing to me. And I do it to work and home. And um, by me being so young, by me walking to work, and I was 18 years old. I didn't have a car, which means I didn't have to spend gas money, which means I didn't have to pay a car note, which means I didn't have to pay insurance. And if you know, back by 2018, I mean, when I was 18, I don't Uber wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even no such thing as Uber. So it was just taxi. And no, I didn't never know how to use a taxi. And I refused to ride the bus to work when it was so close to where I worked at. So I said, I'd rather just walk. You know, I'm young. I can walk. You know, I ain't scared about. And then, then back then, you didn't have to worry about just because you're outside, you're going to get shot or get killed. You know, you could walk in the middle in dark and 3 o'clock in the morning. You can walk outside. 
And so I worked at FedEx and then at the time at FedEx, 207 red time was red time. You'll get there at 11 or 10 and you will be leaving at 207. It's not like how it is now where the times changed and the start times changed for everybody and all those type of things. It was just, they had work for that day only. It wasn't no rollover. It wasn't no extra from another area. It wasn't no helping another area and all that stuff. It was just, this all we got. And then we don't got no more after this. So I was doing the job and I was like, wow, this is easy. Like I'm moving this, I'm moving these boxes to this can. I'm taking this box off this line and putting it in this can. And my manager at the time was named Anthony Brown. And I'll never forget him because he showed me a lot of things. And he was real nice to me. He was a real nice manager. He was an older man. He, I believe he was in the Harley-Davidson Motorcycle Club. And he was a real nice man to me. And he showed me a lot of things. And um, so, you know, he saw me. He saw my work ethic. And to me, it was nothing. It's just moving boxes to right here, right there. I'm 18 years old. Of course I can do this. This is easy. I'm I'm not even tired when I'm leaving from work. So he came up to me and said, you want to do more? You want to do more for, you know, get extra hours and stuff? And me, I didn't need the money. I didn't, at the time, I didn't think nothing of money. And I didn't, I was so young. So I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Everything I had, everything I was making from the job then, I was enough to take care of myself. You know, food wasn't as high as it was now and rent, all that stuff wasn't just as high as it was as it is now. So I made enough money on my FedEx check working at FedEx alone without extra hours to support myself and whatever else I needed at the time. But when he asked me that, it, to me, I said yes, because he trusted me and he wanted to wanted me to you know work longer and stuff. So I did it because he put faith in me. He trusted me. I said, yeah, sure. I stayed uh, originally leaving at 207. I said, yeah, I stayed at uh, 340, maybe 4 o'clock. So I ended up helping the whole area, the whole line. I, I worked in the middle of the line. So after I got done, after I done, got done with my work, he said, you know, go in the cage area and help the ladies out, which I would do. Then after that, he'll say, go to the back and help the back out, help them finish out. Then we done for the day. Just clean up the area and uh, you can go pretty much go home. So I would do that. So around that time, he came up to me again and said, I want you to start locking up for me. So he gave me the the little keychain, not the keychain, but the locks with the chain to lock up the whole area. And like, so I started doing that. So now I'm leaving at four o'clock or so forth. So I'm coming in at, maybe my start time was 10. I'm coming in at 10, leaving at 4 every night. And it's nothing to me. It's just, hell, it's nothing. I go home. I was 18. Remember, you got to keep that in mind. I go home and just go to sleep the whole day. Maybe wake up a little bit and play the game. And then go right back to sleep. Didn't have a girlfriend. Didn't have a car. I couldn't go nowhere. So I'm just, I just had money in my pocket. So I'd probably buy a game. And that'll be it. Buy a game and something to eat. But I was so I worked so much at FedEx that I couldn't keep no weight on me, so I just was built. And uh didn't get haircuts, so I had a fro on my head, so I never had to spend that much money and stuff. I didn't I wasn't too much into clothes, so I didn't buy clothes, didn't buy Nikes, didn't buy Jordans. Just, but I had clothes to wear if I had to go somewhere. So 
just just keep it just to let everybody know I just had money for no reason, just money on me. So around that time I had a lot of money. I was like, hey, I can get an apartment closer to the job. So I did. I got an apartment on Winchester. And the job is on FedEx is off Lamar on Tuklahoma. So Winchester and Tuklahoma, they intersect. So you can turn on Tuklahoma off Winchester if you go the right way. Or turn on Lamar and then you'll be on Tuklahoma. But it was just like going down three streets. I say one, two, three, five lights and you with FedEx from my house, my apartment. So I had an apartment close to the job, still walking to work. Staying the floor, walking home. Now I have an apartment, so I'm paying rent, light bill. And I didn't have internet at the time because it wasn't like how it is. Now they just come set it up. It was a lot of stuff you had to do to get internet. So, you know, I just had rent, light bill, rent, light bill. And I had a little phone. I think that was $60 at the time. So never really called in, never really took days off, so... When it was time, when a year passed, it, it was time to get your sick days and your holiday pay and all this stuff back. I would get it all back in the check because I never really took days off because I was almost a, a, a loner. So never did spend holidays, never did go nowhere for vacations. Everybody else was going out of town for their birthdays. And I'm turning 19 and 20, just going to work, going to work. New Year's, I'm at work. Christmas, I'm at work. Thanksgiving, I'm at work. You know, just... And that stuff stuck with me even to this day where I just, I'm by myself. So work, work, work. So I started looking at my apartment. I had a nice bed and I had a nice big TV so I can play my games on there. And I had a game system. I had the PlayStation 3 at the time. It had just came out. It had just came out. And I had got it the second day. I think it was like $600. And I bought the cash and I just... I needed it. <laughs> I needed it. So, um, still had money left over. So I was like, I'm in my room. My apartment had two bedrooms, had a small room and had a big room in the back. And it was on the second floor and I had a patio. I can open up my window, open up the patio door and just look out and sit on the balcony and just look at the forest from where I stayed is. It was a little forest over there. And, you know, my mom came over one day and she said, you need to put something in this living room. You got this big old living room and you got a balcony. You just all in your room all day. So I ended up buying a sectional cash, bought everything cash because I didn't know nothing about, I didn't know nothing about credit. I didn't know nothing about renting to own. I just knew, just buy it. If you got the money, buy it. Hell. Still didn't have a car though. I never thought it never crossed my mind because, you know, Having a woman makes you want to do different things, makes you want to get a car, makes you want to do better, makes you want to put furniture in your house. So I'm walking to work, I'm walking home, not talking to nobody, not dating nobody. So I'm just going home, playing the game, and I'm satisfied. No, I didn't think nothing else of life, but I was just, you know, stuff I liked and stuff I liked to eat was around me. So I was happy. So I put a sectional in there. Nobody, nobody never came over, nobody never sat on it. So, you know. Bought a fish tank, a big, real big, heavy fish tank. I don't even remember how we carried it upstairs or who helped me carry it, but we got it up there, and it was a giant fish tank, and I probably filled it up with water one time, 
and put decorations in it, but never bought no fish because, you know, I never went in there. And there was a TV in there also, a big TV. Never turned it on. Never really sat in there. Even on rainy days where you can open up the blinds and the patio and just look and be in the front room, I never sat in there. Kitchen, never put no microwave or nothing in it. Just never put no food in. I didn't know how to shop for myself because, you know, anytime I had money, I didn't know how to cook. So, hey, I'm going to buy a pizza. I'm going to put a pizza in the oven or I'm, I'm going to put some I'm gonna make some noodles on the stove or whatever. So, um, I did that for, oh, my first year when I was 18 years old at FedEx, my manager came up to me, Anthony Brown. He asked me that, do you want to be on 401k? I said, what's that? He said, they put money in your account for when you want to retire and all that type of stuff. I said, sure. I don't care. How much money will it be? He said, I'll take, how about I say, take 15 out, $15 out your, out every check you make. I said, $15, that's it. I still have like 600 left after you take that out. I said, why not take 25 or something out? He said, you sure? I said, yeah, take $25 out. He said, no, FedEx will match it, so it'll be 50 every week. I was like, sure, I don't I don't know what that is. Just do it. So he put me in 401K because back then, at that time, you had to sign up for 401K. And he did that for me, and that's probably one of the best things he ever did. That's probably that's one of the best things he did for me, and I never took I never told him I appreciated it because I never knew what it was because I was so young and I was nobody never explained it to me. At this time, my dad was in jail for child support for me, and he was probably doing twenty years. He recently got out this year, at the beginning of this year, and my mom she was working on she was somewhere on the other side of town, living and trying to her best to make it also. So nobody sat me down to explain to me what was what was a 401k. So now they're taking money out of my check and I'm still making the same amount of money to me. I didn't see no difference. And I'm on health, I'm on the health care and the insurance and everything, and I don't see absolutely no difference on my check. So and I did that for when I was 18, 19, and then when I turned 20 years old. This is when I say was a turning point in my life. We had got some new hires. And one of them was this woman. <laughs> Y'all already know where this finna go. One of them was this woman. I don't know if I should say her name because, you know, some people still know her. and Some people might listen. And most of these people are still my friends on my friend list on Facebook. So, But there was this woman. And so she worked in the middle the line there's two lines and then there's some people that work in the middle i worked on the end on the outside of the line so i could see her in the middle you know we can see each other just looking across she'll help she'll probably push boxes over to me and i'll get them if i can't reach them so she was just you no know, she was staring me sometime and you know me i don't know nothing about women i was at this time i was 20 years old i was still a virgin and you know i just stayed out of stuff like that. I just stayed out of trouble and you know, I didn't even know how to talk to a woman. So when that she was just looking at me, make me nervous. So now I can't keep eye contact with her and I can't, you know, I barely want to speak to her, ask her to push a box over because she's making me nervous. So one day she said something to me and I I had an afro, but I had it 
at that time it was so big. It's not as big as it was as it used to be, and I don't have no pictures because I never was a picture person. It was so big and it was so curly back then. I did look kind of, <laughs> I look like some type of celebrity. I don't know how to explain it, but I don't know. I had that look on me. And then I always had a grown man face and some hair on my face. So, and it was always was connected, never was patched up. You know, I always, if I was to groom myself up, I would always look real good, real dashing or charming or handsome, whatever, whatever they call it. So, she said something to me. She said, you look like a spaceman or something. Like, you know, you just look like a gentleman or something. And I'm like, what do you mean? She was like, I don't know. You just look, you just don't look normal. Like, I said, I guess I know what you mean. You know, I'm walking around with an afro and don't nobody had no afro. She was like, it ain't really that, but, you know, I like it, though. She said, how old are you? When she said that, I never knew how easy it was to lie. When she said that, me as a 20-year-old, turned around to her and said, I'm 25. Just, just like that. I said, I'm 25. It's not even that I understood what was going to happen or anything. I just knew that, let me say I'm older than I, than I am because I already looked the part, so she's going to believe it. Hell, now I'm 30 years old and I look. People tell me I'm unk and I'm look 45, so I just can't, it's nothing I can stop. It's just, this is how I look. So she said, okay. I asked her how old she was. She was, she said, I'm 39. I said, oh, okay. So it went from us talking passionately to us talking every day from us I was talking at work to me walking her to the car and stuff like that. And I walk her to the car every day. So now I'm leaving work early to walk her to the car. I'm letting somebody else lock up because, you know, they leave it. She usually leave at 3 or 2.30, 2.45, maybe 3 o'clock. So now I'm not leaving at 4 like I used to, locking up the area and everything. I'm leaving when she leaves just to talk to her till, the, till we get to the parking lot. So she asked me one day, she said, where your car at? Why you always walking me to the car? I drop you off at the car. I think it was cold outside or it was raining. I said, no, nah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, I'm okay. She said, do you have a car? I said, no, I don't. So she said, I'll take you home. Come on. That was my probably my second mistake. I did it. Let her take me home. So now she's taking me home every day. I walk her to the car. We're talking at work. Walking her to the car. And she's taking me home every day, every night. So that went from us talking at work, walking to the parking lot, her taking me to the, her taking me home, to us sitting in the car for another thirty minutes talking in the car. And so one day we end up, I don't know, I don't know how we got to this part, but we end up kissing in the car. So, one thing led to another, and I told her, like, you know, come upstairs. Come upstairs and come see my apartment or whatever. She said, how about I come over in the morning? She said, I work in a morning job, and I'm going to take off. I'm going to take off, and I'm going to come over there. 
I said, okay, that's fine. So she left. We kissed again. She left. So I went in the house. I just cleaned up the house and everything. Uh, I was so nervous that I couldn't even sleep. So just like she said, she came over that morning. Like if she dropped me off, if I got in the house at four in the morning, she probably was over there at eight o'clock. And she was in a Perkins uniform. So she worked at the restaurant Perkins. So she skipped work, but she was still in her uniform. So they must have thought she was at work. And you no, know, I was a virgin. So I was so when she came over there, we just start, you know, we got right to it. And I was so nervous. Of course, you know what happened the first time, you know, everything's gonna be quick. And instead of being mad, you know, she took her time with me and she was like, you a virgin, ain't it? I was like, yeah. So she, you know, she waited and then everything went from there. And I, over time I got better that day at it. And she spent, we were there together that whole day and we spent her whole shift together just Sometimes having sex, most of the time talking, playing in the bed, laughing, talking about everything. And so I remember, so this carried on from us going to work, talking at work, meeting at the car, taking me home. Sometimes we'll have sex. Sometimes she'll come over during the day. She'll skip work, come over there, and this stuff. Went on for months, months. People in my area were starting to notice that my work ethic was falling and that I wasn't staying as long as I used to and stuff like that. And everybody was pretty much noticing, but, you know, they didn't know who or why. They just knew I wasn't the same car like I used to be. I wasn't working as hard and I wasn't motivated or just, you know, the same person I used to be. So... There was this one time we was there in my apartment and I was in the bathroom and me, you know, men like to keep all their stuff in one spot. I don't like to ha keep my ID over here and my social security number over there, my birth certificate. Over there. I keep everything in one spot if I can. So she was just in my drawer next to the bed, just looking at stuff I had, just looking at stuff. And, you know, I had an ID back when I didn't have such a big fro. And she was like, this is this a nice picture of you, no ID. She was like, wait a minute, you 20 years old? And I, was, I didn't know what to say, so I was like, yeah, yeah. So she was mad about that. She was like, why you lie to me? Why you tell me you 25 and you 20 years old? She said, it's like I'm messing with a little boy or something. I was like, it's not like that. I just didn't know what to say. I didn't, I was scared. Like, what you scared of? Like, if you would have told me you was 20, I would have never probably even talked to you or whatnot. So at that time when she seen that, it was probably October or December. I was like, well, my birthday's in January. I'm, I'm going to be 21. And she said, that's besides the point. You don't know. Why would you lie to me about your age? I don't too much remember what happened after that, but we got past that part and 
we were still doing what we was doing. And she said, well, since you tell her, since you lied to me, let me tell you something. She said, I'm married. I said, you're married. She's like, yeah, that's why I can't stay. That's why I had to, you know, leave and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I was still young. I didn't know nothing about all this type of stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. So she would tell me about, we would start talking about that. Now that we knew each other on that level, we would start talking about her home life and stuff like that. And, you know, one thing led to another. So we kept doing what we were doing all the way to my birthday, my 21st birthday. And around this time, I was missing days from work. Being with her, we both missing days. Pretty much a lot of people noticing, like, I'm not there, she not there. They must be together or something, you know. So as time went on, she started to tell me that the more we did things together, the more her husband would start to notice, like, when did you go to Wendy's? Like, it'll be some Wendy's in her car because we went together. And he'd be like, when did you go to Wendy's and not bring us back nothing? You know, him and the kids. And she had to lie and stuff. And she told me one day she got tired of lying. So she told me she wanted to end this because, you know, she got tired of lying to her husband. And, you know, he, he tried so hard with her. And they've been together since high school sweethearts. So. He still try hard after all these years and she wanna, you know, get him another chance. And me being 20 years old, also being that's the woman that took my virginity, and also not knowing how to un- how to handle my emotions, cause this, you know, this the only woman I know. I couldn't accept it. And I got angry. So she left that day. She told me this was gonna be the last time we, you know, she deal with me like this and everything. No, we never argued, we never fought, none of this stuff. It's just she was married and she was cheating on her husband. Just there wasn't no other way about it. And me, after she told me about it, I was willingly going along with it. So I knew we was wrong. I knew in my heart that we was wrong. And but I didn't know how to stop. So I got angry. And I ended up asking one of my friends for a ride one day. He was like, where we going? I said, take me to, uh, I don't know exactly where we're going, but take me to Bartlett. Just just drive me around Bartlett. I'll pay you. Just drive me around Bartlett. So he drove me around until I seen a neighborhood. No, this might sound crazy now. Until I seen something familiar that I seen in one of her pictures she showed me before. Like, they look like the house. They look like the neighborhood that she took that picture in front of her. I said, take me take me through that neighborhood. So we drove through that neighborhood and then I seen her car. I said, you can, I told my friend, keep going down the road, past her house. And I said, you can drop me off right here. He said, you gonna be okay? I said, yeah, I'm gonna call you when uh, I need a ride. He like, all right, be safe. So he drove off, I made sure he was gone. I walked back, I walked back to her car which was in front of one of this, one of these houses in Bartlett. And I went over there and knocked on the door. I shouldn't even know when she stayed there, but you know, when you're, when you're observing like that and when you just be, you know, you pay attention to stuff like that. So I knocked on the door, lo and behold, 
she answered the door. When she seen me, her eyes blew up wide. She was like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I said, I'm finna tell your husband. I'm finna tell your husband you've been with me. So she said, he finna kill you. He gonna kill you. I said, I don't care. I'm finna tell your husband though. So tell him to come to the door. So she slammed the door. I heard her yelling in the background. Then the door opened up. This big, tall, bald, black man opened the door. He's like, how you doing? I said, how you doing, sir? My name is Carl Anderson. I reached my hand out to shake it. He didn't, he didn't shake it. He was like, okay. So I said, uh, well, I've been sleeping with your wife for the past three years. And then she come to the door and say, see, this the dude I was talking about, that stalker I got at work, that stalker, that crazy dude that keep following me. And so when she said that, when I heard that, that made me mad because why would she lie? She lying on me like stalker, crazy. So I said, okay, that's how she want to play it. So I started describing stuff like tattoos and stuff on her body that you shouldn't see. Unless you seen her naked. Like, no, she got a tattoo. She got some paw prints on the side of her thighs, right where her ass cheeks sit. Or and she got this little, she got this little black scar under her left breast and stuff like that. Stuff I couldn't know unless I seen her naked in some type of way. So he knew I wasn't lying. So he like, okay. So you've been sleeping with my wife? I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, wait, right, right there. Just stay right there. I said, okay. He closed the door. She opened the door. She said, you better leave now. He finna kill you. He finna go shoot you. I said, I don't care. I don't care. So she started punching me. She started punching me, telling me to leave, punching me in my face, all type of ways. I'm just sitting there getting hit in the face. So he come back to the door and he got this big old shotgun. He like, you still here? You still here? So he started hitting me with the butt of the uh, shotgun. Just hit me in the face, in the face. He hit me three times. I'm bagging. I'm falling back because, you know, he hit me in the back. He hit me in the face with a shotgun. I'm walking backwards, walking backwards. I took four, I took three hits of that shotgun and they didn't really hurt because it was, everything was in the heat of the moment. I had so much adrenaline. But that fourth hit, that's when I started seeing stars and all type of colors. And I knew I was standing up one moment and the next moment I'm on the ground. And just by just by look, somebody saw him. Somebody driving by saw him hitting me in my face in, in my face with a shotgun. And the man jumped out of his car and said, Get off that man like that. He picked me up, put me in his passenger seat, and drove me to the nearest gas station. And he, you know, dropped me off. He said, Man, be safe out there. And he said, I can't take you home. I don't know where you stay, but I got you away from whatever that was going on over there. And I was, you no. Know, I was out of it, so all I said was thank you. And back then, corner stores used to have pay phones on the side of them, so I just called my friend back up. And my face is bleeding. I think I got a, I had a busted lip. So I take off one of my shirts and I put it over my face so my friend wouldn't see it. My friend come. He said, Carl, you okay? I'm like, yeah, just take me up. I'm going to go to the house now. So I get home. It's probably about 8 o'clock at night. I paid my friend for you no know, taking me all the way to Bartlett and I stay in Whitehaven. I mean, well, at this time I stay in East Memphis in those apartments. And I go up and um 
I look at my face. I got a busted lip. I wash my face, take a shower. I get in the bed and I just go to sleep. In the middle of the night while I'm sleeping, I feel something funny on my face. So I get up out of my sleep and go to the bathroom and turn on the mirror, turn on the light, to look in the mirror and my tongue is hanging out my lip. Like the top of my lip, my tongue is over that, coming out the top. So he must have hit me so hard in my face that my top lip brushed against my teeth and it slit the whole top in half. And my tongue fell out of it while I was asleep. So I, I put my tongue back in my mouth and I try to close my lip up the best way I can. And I say, in the morning, I'm going to go to the doctor. In the morning, I'm going to go to the doctor. So in the morning, first thing in the morning, I try to I get a ride to the doctor. And I wait in a long line. Hold, this whole time, I'm holding my face, I'm holding my lip up on my face and I'm just waiting in a long line, long, long line, probably about two hours. And when the doctor saw me, he looked at it and he said, how long have you had this uh, scar? I said, I had it since yesterday. He said, well, when stuff like this happens, you got to come in immediately. Otherwise we can't do nothing for you. We can only say, we can only tell you to get some Neosporin. It can't be stitched up once it already starts trying to heal by itself which is what your lip has already done, start trying to heal by itself. It has to be freshly open. So I waited in that line for two hours, and they couldn't do nothing for me, but I still had got a real big hospital bill. And he told me, well, just put some Neosporin on it. And, you know, so I leave the doctor's office. I get home. I get a call from FedEx saying, I'm on the investigation and I can't come back to work. And then a little bit after that, I get another call from a private investigator saying that I have a restraining order against me and I can't be within such and such feet of this person because I've been stalking this person. And I was so tired from the doctor's office that I didn't even fight with nobody. I told them, I told FedEx, okay, I'm not coming back. I told the private investigator, I said, okay, I got a restraining order, okay, that's fine. So I don't never know what happened at work, what what type of story she was telling everybody else, but I'm pretty sure it was the worst stories ever. And the whole time I'm at the house all by myself, face messed up. And that's and if anybody see me in person, they know I have a beard, and that's why that's what made me start growing a beard or at least a mustache in the first place. That I had that giant scar above my lip, and um. I got a doctor. I got a doctor's bill. It was five hundred dollars just to look at me. I couldn't go to work no more, so I wasn't making any paychecks, which they ended up firing me shortly after that. And um, I really couldn't work because my face was hurt, so it was hard for me to find another job. So as the months going, as the weeks and stuff going by, all the little money I had saved or had. I was spending it on eating, trying to get some food, and trying to pay my bills, my light bill, do rent, do. And um, I was depressed and everything. And eventually, everything caught up to me that I wasn't able to work. I wasn't making any money. 
the rent cap to me for the apartments and slowly uh I started selling my video games and whatever I did have worth something just to have some money to pay rent or to eat some food. And you know, eventually that stuff catch up to you. So that's how I ended up losing my first apartment. And that's when I say that's the first time, that's the story. Was well, not even done. But a little bit after that, Thanksgiving came up and I was still sitting in the apartment. At this point, the the front room set gone. All my games gone. Uh, I just got my TV and my PlayStation. And it, you know, if you had a PlayStation, you if you had a flash drive, you can download TV shows and play it on the flash drive and watch it. So I'm just watching the same shows over and over again on my on my PlayStation off my flash drive, and that was my TV. You know, I'm just watching the same shows I seen before you watching the watching the episodes again like they brand new and it was it was sad but you know you know that's what it was and it was Thanksgiving around that time and somebody rang the doorbell and I went to the doorbell to see who it was and it was some food left out there some homemade some Thanksgiving food you know and I'm I never knew for sure who it was but I knew that she brought brought that over there and she probably felt bad about what happened or what whatnot, but you know, at that point it was everything pretty much done. And so a little bit after that, that's when I ended up losing the apartment and everything. Having to move with my mom and having to start everything back over. But that's when I say, but that's the story of when everything first went downhill, because now when I think back on them days, I don't really, I'm not really the type of person that think back, like if I would have did this, I would have been in such a different spot. But if I would have thought, when I met that woman, everything went downhill because she was married. I was wrong. She was wrong too, but you know, I kept going with it and I had a good, I had a nice simple life and I had some money in my pocket and I could have did anything. I could have dealt with anybody. Instead, I dealt with her and I let myself get caught up in a lot of stuff that ruined me in the end. Cause man, I was like, I was bad. I was bad. Like I had an apartment. I had a nice job. At that time, it was a real nice job. I had a nice job. I had so much money. I was getting paid weekly, $600 checks weekly. $600 checks weekly and your rent's only $700. And you're the only person that stays in the apartment, so your light bill is $150. And you get paid $600 weekly. And it's what, how many weeks it is in a month? Six, five? And I didn't buy nothing else but maybe one $60 game every month that came out, a new game that came out. And I had a $60 phone bill, and I made $600 a week. I'm not counting the like 650, 675, I'm just saying 600, you know, because this probably would have would, it'd be 625, 645, 633, but I just say 600, just know, leave it at 600. And that was every week. So 
I think now, like, man, I could have been doing something, everything, anything, everywhere. And I let all that stuff fall. And, um, but from them years of working at FedEx and a little bit, so I didn't know anything about the 401k. So somebody told me to go look at it. They said somebody, I would tell them somebody's story years ago. And they said, did you ever use no money from your 401k to save your apartment? I was like, nah. They said, you probably should have looked at it. So I went back and looked at it, see how much money I had in my 401k at the time. I had $20,000 in my 401k at that time when I was 20, 20 years old. From the time I started working there at 18 to the time they fired me at 20 years old, whatever month it was, I had accumulated $20,000. Or I think it was at 19 or 18, something like that. And I was like, damn, if I wouldn't know I had that kind of money in my, no, if I wouldn't know I could have accessed that too. Cause back then, you know, you could have touched it easily. It's everything's harder to do now, but back then you could have touched that money easily. And I said, "Why? Wow, I probably would never get no, never got evicted from my apartment or whatnot." But that's one of my first stories I wanted to tell, and it's one of the stories that stick with me to this day because you know, if anybody know me, I'm I'm kind of a I'm a loyal man, and that I don't do certain things. It don't matter what's what if a person try to tempt me or whatever like that. So. That's the story. Not back then. Also, I didn't. I wasn't into the Bible like that. I didn't really even believe in the Bible. I was big on the white man made this. The white man did that. I was big on that back then. I was headstrong on that, and I didn't really get into it. Or I didn't get my eyes opened up on the Bible until I was about twenty four, twenty five. So that's when I stopped. When I was twenty, after that stuff happened to me, my face healed up. I stopped. Missing her, and I stopped feeling bad, and I stopped being depressed. I actually got another job, and I actually got Fetty hired me again, actually. And um, to this day, that's why I will not speak, talk to, flirt, none of that stuff with a married woman. I just won't do it because, you know, well, first of all, it's not right. It's just not right. Regardless of what the Bible say and everything, it's, just, it's not right. Talking to somebody else's wife, it's not right. And then when I read it in the Bible, that's also, you no, know, that's a sin, punishable by, punishable by death. I was like, wow, I'm supposed to die. That man would have been in the right to shoot me and kill me that day, you know. And God would have been like, yeah, that's right. He should have shot you and killed you. But for some reason, I lived and I'm still here. But I will never touch a married woman, engaged, promise ring, none of that. I just... It's just some, I don't care how attractive she is. It's just something in me that won't let me do it. And I won't do it. And I'm glad I'm like that. And I'm also, well, also, I don't mess with people, girlfriends, and stuff like that. If you're in a situation and all this stuff, I just, it's just best to avoid them type of things. You can't work with nobody through that. You don't want that person that much that you got to sneak and try to take somebody from somebody else. Because, you know, that's. How would that feel to you? Somebody taking, somebody constantly plotting against you, and somebody trying to take something from you, you know. So I'm not, I'm not that type of person. I'm not no conniving, scheming person. So I just, you know what? I hope y'all stay happy. No, I'm not finna, you know. Actively, actively 
plot against somebody. I'm finna take this from this person. I'm finna get that. I'm finna get that. I don't give. I don't give a fuck about this nigga. Fuck that nigga. No, cause that's how everybody is about men. Fuck that nigga. He can't do for you what I do for you. You know that man can really love her, and it's always somebody trying to come against you. And that's that's another thing people don't understand about being a man is like everybody's against you. Everybody, everybody, even other men. And it's not the same for women. Women may be jealous of you, but they never against you. You know, women are never against other women actively. They may be jealous or they may hate on another woman, but they're not against them. But other men are actively against men. They want your car. They want your baby mama. They want your girlfriend. They want your job. They want your friends. They want everything you got. They And it's just hard, you know. You can't go nowhere or can't do anything without feeling like if I slip up, I'm going to lose my spot or somebody going to take my spot. And that's why I believe a lot of men are not friendly with each other because it's so competitive out here over things that don't even, you know, matter. To me, I'm not a money, like I said, I'm not a money-hungry person. It's enough money for everybody to make some money. I see it. And if it's not enough money, tell them to go print some more so we can make some more money. But everybody don't see it that way. Everybody needs all the money to them. And if they help somebody else make some money, they're going to lose their spot. You know? And that's just how it is. Nobody don't want to support your business. Nobody don't want to share your business. Nobody don't want to help nobody else make no type of money. or no one Don't want to help nobody else advance themselves as a person or a company or anything. That's why if I don't feel rappers on the if I don't feel rappers when they say, I got your bitch, I got ice on, I do feel them when they say I had to get this on my own because nobody didn't help me because nobody is going to help you. It's just, that's just how it is. Nobody, so many people are against you that it's hard for you to get help. And speaking on the rapper stuff, I guess I'm just going to let this go to an hour. So I'm going to talk for another 10 minutes about something. Speaking of the rapper stuff and the current relationships and stuff, I'm seeing that it's kind of hard for even the guys with money to keep women, you know, even, I don't know how true it is, but they say, yo, yo, Gotti is not with Angela Simmons no more. And, you know, yo, Gotti, he gets all the money, you know, he, he gets everything. That's the woman he wanted. He made a song about her. So if he can't keep his woman happy, what's the hope for you to keep your woman happy? These are the same. Remember these are the same guys. These the same guys, even in the case of Future, Sierra, and all the other women he dated, they leave him too, you know. Even Drake, them women talk to him for a little while, then they leave. And that's Drake. That's the biggest rap star. They, y'all say he's the biggest rap star out right now. And women date him and leave him too. So, And these the guys that speak in their songs, I got your bitch in the car, I got your bitch in the Ferrari. No, they got your, they talking about they can have your bitch, but they can't keep their bitch. So, like one of my friends said, nah, you ain't got my bitch. Instagram got your bitch because Facebook got your bitch because, like, before you get them pictures of her, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all this stuff gonna get them pictures first. Then you gonna get them. 
and they always going to feel the need to get validated by other people, total strangers. They don't care nothing about them. They don't care about their well-being. They don't care if you ate or not. They just want to have sex with you, want to fuck you. They don't care about your mind. They just want to see you naked. And I think a lot of women fall for that. A lot of women fall for that, too. And it's just say, if there's no hope for even the guys with money to stay married, Will Smith, we can name them all day, Will Smith, everybody's been married and divorced, and nobody can't find no meaningful relationship nowadays. And then everybody joke about him, and no one ever considers the man feelings in anything also. He's a laughing stock, but now it seems that everything started to change. That people start to look at Jada like, man, this woman's crazy. But no one ever considers the man or his feelings. And if there's no hope for them people and they got all the money, they can take that woman to any restaurant. They can fly her to any place she want to go. And if they still can't keep their woman happy, how can you, as a man that goes to work a nine to five, and you're not rich, you don't have a Ferrari, you don't have a Corvette, how can you keep your woman happy? And if they are looking at this other woman and this other couple on TikTok and they going to Cabo, they jumping off waterfalls together, and your girlfriend or your wife, and she's looking at that, and she's dreaming about that, how can you possibly keep her happy? I know it's, I know it's possible, but I'm asking that question to everybody else. Like, what do you think about that? And it's getting near that time where it's enough. It's about to be over for the podcast. I want to say a little more about myself. With this podcast, my friend, with all due respect, I want to say this. My friend, Sincorea Cali, and the Nevada Experience, he inspired me to make a podcast because he finally did his after all these years of saying he wanted to do it. And when I heard it, I was so inspired by it that, you know, I bought a mic just so I can be a, a guest star on it. And I should be guest starring on it next week sometime. And I'm going to link that also. But since I said to myself, since I already got the mic, I already bought all the mics, I should have a, you know, I might as well keep recording myself also and make a podcast. But it's going to be vastly different from his, and I don't want him to feel like I'm stealing his idea or, you know, anything like that. But of course, I give him all the credit that he actually started doing it. And, you know, that's usually what it takes sometimes. It takes some to see somebody else do something. Then, you know, you get inspired to do it, but not so much as steal the idea, but just be inspired. So, Sincoria Cali and Jay Jamal, they on the Nerd of Out Experience. I should be on next week as a guest star. And uh, I'm going to link that also. And I want to say appreciate you for showing me which mic to buy, which mic to buy because the first mic I had was – you know, that was like a studio mic for making music. And now he showed me get this streaming mic. And um, where I want to go with this, this is called the bakery. When I say bakery, I mean like tricks, like to be baked. That's a, that's some slang me and my friends got. Every time we play a fighting game and we do a tricky move, we'll call it a bake. Ha, 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 I baked your ass, baked your ass. You thought I was going up, I went down, baked your ass. It's, so this is called the bakery. Not so much as a bakery like cooking biscuits and stuff like that, but this is the bakery. And this is episode zero. 
And this is pretty much what it's going to be like, but it's not going to always just be me speaking. Next week, I should have the man himself, Don Juan, on here. And let me tell you about Don Juan. That's a crazy man. And once he gets to speaking, I don't know. I don't know how this going to turn out. And he probably going to bring some liquor over here, and we're going to be drinking, and we're going to be speaking. And I look forward to having different people on in the future. I don't know. I want to get Richard on here. I want to get... Shit, I want to get uh, Sequoia on here. And I want to get some different friends I know in my life personally on here to speak. Everything's going to be done from my house, so it's going to be like a side-by-side interview next to me, next to them. You know, we just talk about life and how they feel and stuff. Just like the same way I opened up about my younger years, I want, I'm gonna open up. I want them to open up about what they're going through. So we're going to speak about relationships, how we feel about women, how we feel about men, what's going on currently in the world, and, you know, just to keep ourselves sane because no one, to me, the biggest thing is to speak about the man and how he feels because no one cares. No, It's like no one cares, and I met too many different men that's going through a lot of stuff, and it's just don't nobody care what a man goes through. It's just don't nobody care. It just don't matter to nobody. And I just want to have different guys on her, different ages. And I want to show you, because I'm going to have some 20-year-olds on her. And it's just, it's not easy for nobody. This stuff, this this world, living in this world and living on this rock, this stuff is just not easy for nobody. And I want to show that and prove it. Not everybody's a bloodthirsty gangster ready to kill somebody. I know some people like that, and they go through stuff, and they heart gets hurt too. So I'm going to have some of them guys on, and it's just... Just to show you a different perspective before you go assuming everybody's just just because you see them on Facebook, you see they upload their pictures and they just like this. They that's not who they really are. These people, you know, got feelings and got going through issues and stuff like that. I know I wanna have uh Kylie on here. Uh I wanna get Nia. I wanna get Richard on here. I wanna get that Puerto Rican ad nigga uh D on her. Uh just a lot of different people. And, um, but yeah, that was the bakery. That was episode zero. That was me speaking about my experiences when I was younger, speaking about my apartment. And there's a lot of more stories that come with that apartment because I did a lot of things in that apartment. And it's just, that was one of the first things that I wanted to touch on because that's something that stick with me even to this day. I know I want to get Darius on here because he that's a rapping motherfucker. And um that was episode zero of the bakery. I'm your host, Carly. And um I'm gonna have this on Facebook. And I want y'all to listen to it and just tell me what y'all think. Give me some feedback. If you want to be on the short on the show, send me a message and we'll set up a date. I'm think I'm gonna do this on the Saturdays and Cause those are the only days I have off, Saturdays and Sundays, and I plan on getting some stuff for the room. Cause I got this giant room in here that I'm recording out of, and it's going to no use. I'm gonna get some stuff like to make it more comfortable, some chairs and a little sign, and I'm gonna start taking pictures of the people that be here, and make it more and more professional looking, more and more comfortable for the for the host and for the guests, and uh. We're going to touch on different type of topics and all type of things. And that's what I look forward to doing for the, for the 
foreseeable future and hopefully we can get monetized or whatever it don't really matter i don't really care too much for this stuff and um i just hope when i share it y'all guys share it and like it and just let me know what y'all think let me know if i need to speak clearer and more anything like that and i'll do that and i'll definitely listen to the feedback but that's bakery and that's episode one or really episode zero and i will see me and done next weekend thank you all <laughs>